Welcome to Sin 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Hey, Sarah, this is our very first bonus episode, isn't it? Yes, and it's on a Friday, Imagine too. That. We are here on a Friday, if you're catching this on Friday. You may actually hear it the same day that you're hearing us talk right now. Yes. That doesn't usually happen. No, Because I need doesn't. a lot of editing. <laughs> Sometimes I do, too. I always have the freezes where it's like 30 seconds of me trying to figure out what I was saying. You know what? At some point, I really do want to put together a collection of this is what really happened that you <laughs> didn't hear we can't do all of it but some of it might be entertaining yeah. to folks yeah for sure but kevin why are we dropping a bonus and why are we doing it on a friday okay i'll tell you my version of why um this is uh, a conversation with my son jeremy miller of whom i am well pleased and amazed by and it's, uh, you know, we bring people on the show, not just because they're related to us, which we had a little bit of that, but because of the context of what they do um, and how they do it. And one of the things that's really close to all of our hearts, especially recording in Youth Venture, is sharing Jesus with young people. And I know a lot of our listeners personally, and they feel the same way. Well, something incredibly exciting is taking place this weekend at Foothills Church, and it's a launch of Jeremy's new ministry called Visit Ministries that he explains in detail, and then in general, just loving kids in an incredibly effective way for the kingdom. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited about today and to hear, you know, we've mentioned Youth Venture a little bit before and kind of just briefed over what it is and how it came to be. But today you guys are going to really hear the whole story, how it came and how the vision is just expanding through Visit Ministries. And we're hoping that it goes all over the country, yeah. all over the world, even more than it already has. And we hope that it inspires you to reach the people in your lives, and we think it will. Yeah. And know that our next episode is going to be our season finale. Whoa, can you we made it. Yeah, 30 episodes <laughs> we've done, which crazy. is crazy. Let's talk about our favorite. Oh, no, we talk about our favorite <laughs> episodes then. Okay. We do, we do. But that's not going to come this Monday if you're listening to it before the 15th of November. It will be the next week. And then there'll be a little holiday break where you guys can catch up on episodes and everything. But anyways, today, we just hope that you enjoy this episode with Jeremy Miller. And we're going to jump right into the conversation, aren't we? Yes. Let's go. Yeah, and then April last year, right at the beginning of this wonderful pandemic we've been through, I stopped working at Foothills running the Youth Venture Program. And just this in the last couple of months, we launched a new nonprofit ministry called Visit Ministries. Can you tell the origin of why you called this ministry Visit? I think it's powerful. Yeah. James 127, it says, pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit the orphan and the widow and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Well, we hear a lot about keeping yourself unstained by the world, volumes of messages, but how often do we hear about visiting 
the orphan and the widow. And God said, that's a key component of pure and undefiled religion, the kind of religion that pleases yeah. the Lord. It's to visit the orphans. And so, you know, there's a lot you could say about that. First, what is an orphan? You know, we think of, okay, your parents have died, but people can be orphans for a lot of different reasons, from neglect, from abuse, from abandonment, drugs and alcohol cause orphans, divorce causes orphans, and we need to visit them. And what does it mean to visit the orphans? Well, for us, the word visit has a very casual connotation. It's like, yeah, stop in, say hi, you know, like chat a little bit. Yeah, we visited. But the word means a lot more in the Bible. That word for visit, and of course, I'm forgetting what the word is right now, but that's all right. Um, it's used a number of times. When Jesus says, I was naked and a stranger and in prison and sick, what does he say? You did not visit me. When God, when the Bible talks about visitations of the Lord, it's the same word, God visiting wow. his people. And so what it means literally, what it really means is to find, to go and seek and find people who are in need and to provide for their needs, to, to provide care for them. That's what it means to visit, to visit these young people, visit the orphans and, and the widows. We're focusing on orphans, yeah. <laughs> our ministry, but visit them, to find them where they are, to discover what their needs are and to actually provide care to take care of their needs. Right on. Where did that concept start and how is it different than other churches kind of do youth ministry? So in 1992, God gave Mark Hoffman the vision for Youth Venture. At that time, won't go into the details, but I wasn't around back then, right? But our church was trying to help the youth in our community. And we had tried to do a couple things and failed. And one day, the way the story goes, Mark was in the sanctuary at our church, just praying, just going, God, all we want to do is help these young people. And we're encountering so much resistance and opposition and he's just pouring out his heart to Lord. God dropped a verse into his heart. Of course, I'm forgetting the reference right now, but it's a bruised reed he will not break, a dimly burning wick he will not extinguish. And in that moment, Mark just really deeply understood God's heart for these young people. They're broken, they're harassed and distressed, but God hasn't given up on them. way Mark says it, in that moment, the entire vision for Youth Venture just dropped into Mark's heart. That whole idea of opening teen centers in the community, using mentoring, one-on-one -on -one mentoring to reach these kids, the whole idea was just there. And he knew it was from the Lord and the church church got to work trying to put this into action. And back then the church was not a large church, not a lot of resources, but it's just a just some faithful men and women of God who just dove in and just made it happen. You know, they did bake sales and sold Christmas trees and made t-shirts and did whatever they could to keep the lights on. And, and they opened the beginning of that next year, 93, the very first center opened just across the freeway from our church here, 700 square feet, a couple pool tables, a ping pong table, some stand-up arcade games. And that was about it. But the kids started coming in, the volunteers were working shifts and began building relationships with those kids and they started getting saved. And so there's adults with kids in our church today that came from that initial center. In fact, our my brother-in-law, James McHugh, hey, came James. through that first youth venture center. And so it, from there, it just began to grow to the point of having four centers in East County and thousands and thousands of kids coming through the doors. Well, I love the idea that it seems so relational. And and I worked in youth venture for, for a long time as well and have a real heart for it. So I get it, but explaining how it's so dang effective as opposed to trying to get kids to come to your church, come to your church, come to your church, Youth Venture went to them and got in their lives. So how does that start with the relationship building and everything? Well, that's really the model of Youth Venture. When someone comes and tours the centers, there's a, a few things they're always surprised about. The first thing is, you know, they walk through the door and they see the kids just hanging out, having fun.
and fun. You know, we say that kids come to the centers for the three F's, fun, food, and friends. And so each day the kids are just hanging out playing and the volunteers are there just hanging out with kids. And so somebody will come through the door and we're show them, showing them around and they'll ask, well, okay, well, when do you do your thing? When do you do your program? You know, like when do you get the kids all together and do a Bible study or something? And always have to stop and say, no, this is what we do. We just hang out with kids. I mean, the most basic level, we're just here hanging out. There's no structured program. There's no get all the kids together and sit down with them. The most basic first thing we're doing is just building relationships. And that leads in the second thing that surprises people is that the ministry of youth venture happens one-on-one. It's one-on-one mentoring relationships, a volunteer with a student. And that's the plan. That's the plan for them to get saved. That's the plan for uh, discipling them and raising them up is one-on-one relationships. And that's really unique. I'll tell you one thing, and I'll let Sarah jump in, but one thing, just explain the first lesson. What's the title of the first lesson that we typically do with the kids? So the first lesson book is called So What? Who Cares? And that's the name of the first lesson. At one point, I had that entire lesson memorized. <laughs> I bet you did. Word from word, because I haven't gone through it a few times. And the idea, you know, starts off, so what? Who cares? Have you ever asked yourself the questions, why should I care? Why should I try? Have you ever just felt like saying, so what? Who cares about everything? It, it dives into what these kids are really struggling with. You know, they're not struggling with Bible verses, the theology of salvation, or even who God is, really, you know, they feel hopeless and lost and broken, and they feel like their life doesn't matter. Some of these kids have even been told, you were a mistake, you were an accident, you ruined everything. We've had kids that have literally been told that. And so they're struggling just with what's the purpose of life? Why am I here? And why do I exist? And, and why should I even try at life at all? And so you're immediately confronting that as you're not an accident. You're here for a purpose. Even if your mother and father didn't plan you, God planned you, he yeah. wanted you. You're not an accident and he created you just the way you are. Not only that, but he has a purpose and future for your life. As you get to know him, if you trust him and follow him and get to know him, you'll discover who you are, who he created you to be, and he'll help you through life. So right off the bat from very first lesson, you're really dealing with the real issues these kids are, are struggling with. That's great. I'd love for you to share about visit ministries and what you're doing now and how is that similar but different to Youth Venture and how did you get into that? Well, I guess I can start kind of with this stuff. The truth is, is youth evangelism in our country has a problem today. And the problem is simply just that it's not working, right? We're not reaching youth. We're not being effective at reaching youth or discipling youth. George Barna's research he's done, and he just came out with some new research that showed that between the, the youngest adults, right, 18 to 25, only 4% have a Christian worldview. Those were the young people 10 years ago, and we're not reaching them. We're not being effective. The old models just simply aren't working. And, you know, the old model of reaching young people, of evangelizing young people is let's get as many kids together in one place and at one time and let's preach a message to them, right? I mean, that, that's the model. That's how we evangelize, you know, whether it's a youth group or even better, a crusade as big as possible. And we're going to make a lot of fun and have rock and roll worship and a really exciting speaker, maybe play some games and make it real youthy. And then we're going to preach a message. They're going to get saved. And we have to ask ourselves the question, is that working? And I think overall, the answer is no, it's not working. We're not reaching young people. If you're a pastor, you can even ask yourself just simply the question, are we being effective reaching young people? In some churches are, but I think mostly we're not. And there's a reason for that. And there's a lot of reasons we could give. You know, one is youth culture. Our culture in America is becoming more and more rebellious, more and more confused and broken and godless. And so there's a lot more issues there. Also the breakdown of the family. Most young people don't have any positive, meaningful relationships 
relationships with adults. The family's broken apart. Oftentimes dad's gone. Mom, if she's not on drugs or alcohol, right? Not broken. She's just working really, really hard trying to make the ends meet. She's gone. Especially too, to jump in, these youth centers are put in hard, hard areas. We're putting them in areas where the kids really are struggling. The economic level is low. And, and these really are families in breakdown. Yeah. And even if you're in an area where there's not as much breakdown, there's still breakdown in the relationships. This generational gap that's maybe worse than it's ever been before. I don't know. I've only been around 40 years, so I can't speak beyond that. And so you're not going to reach these kids who are so deeply broken, so hurt in a group setting like that. There's a basic need that they have that's not met. And that's a need for relationships. They need mothers and fathers. What I see is if you put youth evangelism on a spectrum, the smallest you can possibly go to the biggest you can possibly go, right? Smallest being one-on-one mentoring, biggest being the giant crusade, right? What's being effective is moving towards that other end of the spectrum. These kids need relationships. You know, you take some of these kids and you bring them into a typical youth group setting. And these are going to be the kids that aren't engaged, aren't paying attention, that they might get kicked out before you can even reach them. We need to do something different. And really what we've seen that's effective is one-on-one. It's using one-on-one mentoring as the tool for evangelism. And that's a really unique concept. For most churches, if they have a discipleship, a mentoring kind of program, that's like an advanced level thing, right? right? Like you got saved, you got involved, you got serious, and now we're going to get you connected in some kind of mentoring thing. What we're doing at these teen centers is using one-on-one mentoring for evangelism, a context for those relationships to be built. For our listeners, you know, I don't know that we've got a lot of pastors of churches. These are regular folks trying to figure out, okay, so the way I'm built and the talents and gifts that I have, what can I do? So for the people that are listening right now, if they volunteered at one of these centers, what would they be doing? What would... What about just a regular terrified, oh my gosh, what do I do with junior high school kids? That's the cool thing is that, you know, what we're doing is relational. When we talk about sharing our faith, we've turned that into an event. Have you shared your faith today? You know, like talk about our neighbors, you know, and people have neighbors they haven't talked to in two years. (laughs) They don't know them at all. But then they go, oh, I shared my faith with my neighbor today. Well, you you just went over there and ran through something. But sharing our faith should be something that we do with our lives. And mostly sharing our faith is relational. Most people, when you ask them, how did you get saved? It's almost always in the context of a relationship. Now, some people went to an event, heard a message. That's awesome. Most people, there was a person involved. There's a person they knew. They knew their story, knew their life. With youth, it's the same way. Maybe even more so. You know, young people are so relational. And there's, I guess what I was getting to earlier is they're starving for a relationship. They're not going to listen to anything you have to say until there's a relationship first. And they need mothers and fathers. They need older brothers and sisters. They need grandmas and grandpas. That's what we are to these kids. They're going to listen to people that they trust. And so it takes time to build those relationships. So what a volunteer is doing at the centers is they are building relationships with kids. It's that simple. So just listening to them, playing foosball with yep. them. Sitting down and, with you know. them, asking them, hey, how was your day? How are things going at home? What are you into? You know, Have you seen the latest movie that came out? I don't know. You know, Hey, let's play a game of pool. Let's play a game of ping pong. Uh, what's your favorite video game? Just hanging out and it becomes real natural. It's not forced because as a volunteer, you're volunteering one shift a week, two to three hours, one day a week. And 
you're just there every single week and you're seeing the same kids every single time. And so, hey, Johnny, how's it going? You know, hey, I didn't see you last week. What are you up to? You know, and you're just building relationships. And so there's no real sharing the gospel. I mean, we have the curriculum and the third lesson talks about who Jesus is, what Jesus did, what salvation is, what it means, what it means to have a relationship with God. But uh, honestly, what means the most and what makes the biggest impact is just the relationship that we Mm -hmm. know them, that they know us, they trust us. And the number one word that kids use to describe these centers is family by far. You know, when you say, what is youth venture to you? Oh, it's my family. It's my second, it's like a second home to me. They're here every day. And so these teen centers is there's a place for everybody. You don't have to be young and hip. You can just be whatever, whoever you are, because anyone can build a relationship with a young person. Yeah. You know what I've seen too, it's really interesting is that there's some of the guys that are doing this and volunteering and, and, and the girls as well that are, they are, they're cool and the kids want to be like them, but there's also grandma and grandpas. And when you talk about the breakdown of the family, one of my greatest joys is the relationship that I have with my grandchildren. And a lot of the broken families don't have that multi-generational component. That means a lot. So there is something really cool about that relationship. I didn't have one with my grandpa, but you sure did. It's got a whole spectrum of ages that can go and and have an impact on that. Kids need all kinds of different relationships, Mm, right? They love the young people because they're fun and people think, I need to be young to be able to work with them. But like I said, they need mothers and fathers. And so some of the, some of the people they love the most are the ones that are, have already raised their own kids. Their kids are out of the house and now they're back volunteering, being mothers and fathers to these kids. Those are the people that have some of the biggest impact because they know how to discipline, which is a whole nother side that, you know, right. And they can really meet the needs of the kids even more. There's a young man that came through our center, Tommy Callahan and his brother, Jimmy Callahan. They just came from, you know, like a lot of these kids, just really broken situation. Their dad had died when they were young. There'd been uh, drugs and alcohol in the family. And then when they were young high school, their mom died. You know, I mean, it was just a really difficult situation. And the Clayton's brought them into their home. Before that, they had bought groceries for them, bought school supplies, clothes. I mean, just really met their needs like a mom and a dad would meet their needs, made a huge impact on their life. The Clayton's, you know, this family, you know, they're still there volunteering at Youth Venture, being moms and dads to these young kids. They've been doing it for, if I say 15 years, she'll probably say, what are you talking about? It's been 18 years, you know? <laughs> it's been a long time. They've just made an incredible impact in the lives of these kids. And this was after they had raised their own kids, they're out of the house and they're coming back. Yeah, so for our listeners who aren't next to a teen center, they don't have like a place maybe to volunteer automatically. What is your ideas, your encouragement to them of how they can get involved in ministering to youth? What I say is, is who can you be a father or mother to? It's just as simple as that. There's young people out there. If you literally don't have any young people around you, you know, there's probably other other questions that need to be asked. Like you have your own kids maybe, and you're being a mother, father to them, but who else, you know? In the church, even if you're really isolated, there's no lost people. There's just church people, right? Not every kid's getting their needs met, even if they come from a good family. And so I'd say, you know, if you don't have a teen center, just who can you build a relationship with? Who can you love? Who can you show the love of God to? There's young people around you. It doesn't take a lot of commitment and a lot of time. On the other hand, it really takes a lot because when, what does it mean to be a mother or father to a kid? It's more than just, oh, hey, one hour a week, we're going to get together and spend. Now that might be where it starts. Maybe that's all you can do, but you're really sharing life with them. But that'd be my just challenge is find someone that you can pour into. Yeah. And what would be your tips 
of how to kind of begin that relationship without being creepy or weird <laughs> or like, oh, come over to my house for cookies. Or <laughs> creepy and weird always worked for me. Okay. So first of all, you just pray. And I think more so just being aware of who's around you. Young people are listening and paying attention a lot more than we might think they are. You know, there might be young people that really look up to us and really are listening to you and, and really, you know, are ripe for it. And you just aren't noticing because you're not paying attention to them. So pray, start paying attention to who's around you. And really, it, it, it's got to be natural. I think church might have a mentoring program and they're pairing people up or whatever, and it's real force. I think usually those don't work. You know, so, sometimes those connections might take, but usually it doesn't. Ones that work most, they're just natural. So you just got to, you got to get involved, paying attention to young people, talking to young people, <laughs> you know, like asking questions. There's one topic that every young person is very, very into and very interested in. It's a secret. If you bring up this topic that you'll have their attention, they'll talk about it for hours. And that topic is them. They love talking about themselves, right? So just listen. I mean, most young people aren't, no one listens to them. Absolutely. Old people want to talk to young people and tell them how they, what they should be doing, but they just don't listen to them. So if you'll just listen to a young person, like really give them your attention, man, that'll change everything because no one takes young people seriously. And, and when they realize, oh, you, you actually take me seriously. You actually think I have something valuable able to offer maybe something valuable to say, and you're going to actually listen to me and pay attention to me, man, I mean, they'll really connect with you. And so the young people that are around you, just start talking to them, just start asking them questions, start listening and, and giving them time. You know, we talk about generosity, be generous. We'd be generous with our money. Well, how about being generous with your attention? Take five minutes and, and be generous with your time and your attention in that moment. And you might be surprised how much they, they might get more attached to you than you want. You know, they're just like, cause they're so hungry for that attention. I remember when I first started, you know, hanging out with the kids in a youth venture at least we're in the room to do a lesson basically it was just listening and I had a kid tell me he's actually a youth pastor now but he said you're the only adult who has listened to me all day and not one adult who has listened to me and it was huge and I think another one Sarah that another element that's so critical that I think you'll appreciate especially you don't have to be a Christian to go to youth venture and you don't have to live up to our standards we don't we don't kick you out if you don't accept Jesus on the third lesson you can still be a part of a family so you can belong before you believe kind of concept. So there's some real beauty in this and some real natural, this is the way it should be. And I really agree with you on the talking part of it. They're watching. Mm -hmm. And when they hear about this Jesus and the reason that you're doing it and you're exhibiting that generosity and that patience and that love, uh, that just is a magnifier. It goes a long, long way. I want you to tell a little bit about Visit, this brand new nonprofit you're doing. And so what's the purpose of that? What are you doing? The mission of Visit is to help churches reach the young people of their cities. In real basic terms, what we're trying to do is seek out churches who have a heart for reaching youth, guide them in planting their own teen center and support them as they operate their center. What we found is that, man, there's a lot of great churches out there who really have a heart for reaching the young people of their community. And just that question I asked before at the beginning is they're asking the question, are we being effective? They're asking, what can we do? How can we be effective? How can we reach the youth of their community? And when they hear about these teen centers, the unique model of this way for the church to go out into the community, to find lost young people, and to evangelize them, reach them, disciple them through one-on-one -on -one mentoring relationships, it lights them up. They really get excited about it. And so we've had a lot of churches that they want to do this. They, oh, man, I want, to, I want to launch a teen center. How do I do it? And so for years, when I was running the youth venture program, they'd come to us and we would give them a tour of the centers and give them some resources, just whatever we had kind of lying around and send them on their way. And even through that, we've seen people launch centers. In the last two and a half years, I've been involved with launching 14 centers across the country. There's one in Washington, Colorado.
Colorado City, Arizona, Leesburg, Florida, and we just launched one here in East County, here in El Cajon. And so just with that, with very little effort, we've seen an impact. Let me say this, a burden started growing in my heart to help churches implement this model. And so I started working on it. And when I stopped working at Foothills, that was the most natural next thing to do is put together a nonprofit. Let's create some really excellent resources, training materials, and let's intentionally try to find these churches. And so we already have several other churches that are signed up that want to launch teen centers. If people have questions, about how they can either contribute to visit because people, if they can't show up, they can write a check. If they've got some questions about how they might do that in their community, you know, and just get the support. So yeah. they can contact you through the social media. Yep. So visitministries.org. Instagram, Visit Ministries. Facebook, Visit Ministries. Nice and simple. So you can find us on there for right now. You can email me directly, jeremy at visitministries.org. We're accepting donations and we've already had some wonderful people begin supporting the ministry and uh, we need a lot more. I'll just say, you know, the future of our country, we say this a lot, it's a cliche, is the youth, right? We see the battles going on around us, whatever you land politically or socially, but you know, our nation's in turmoil. And if we don't reach the young people, then there's no future for our country. And we don't give a lot of attention to the young people. <laughs> you know, the problems of today come from the young people of yesterday, right? The problems of tomorrow are going to come from the young people today. And so our best effort and the priority of our attention should be on young people. And there's a whole nother, you know, we could spend another hour talking about most salvations occur in 12 to 17. It takes a lot to convert someone after that. There's a prime time, 12 to 17, when it's like to choose what we believe, to choose to follow the Lord or not during that period of our life. So we if we were serious about reaching people and sharing our faith, we got to target 12 to 17. Way, way cool. I hope today we able to plant some seeds in some adults who say, hey, I want to do my flavor of that. And that's what it's all about. We want to activate people, encourage and equip them to share their faith. And this could be just absolutely natural for a whole lot of people. And I hope it is. I just want you to know I'm proud of you. Thanks. So when we talk about being sent, it's time for you to go visit. Go visit.